Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands in my underwear. This is the lamb. Where's the lamb? Yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I, I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 66. And joining me for this episode, I have a very special guest, Siobhan of I Totally Paused is here once again. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming back on the uh, on the podcast. Oh, this is, if any episode, this is the episode I'm coming back for. Oh my gosh. So I am really excited because I have wanted to talk about this show for a while, but I knew I needed to save it for someone who could fill me in on the background, fill me in on the details. And I also feel like now is the perfect time because I feel like she's kind of having like a moment in pop culture again right now. I would um, agree. So we are excited. Are we are uh, so excited to talk about Pretty Wild and Alexis Nyers, a member of the Notorious Bling Ring, aka Burglar Bunch. <laughs> Burglar Bunch. I love when they like come up with like the you know when something happens. There's like you know a, a, a serial killer usually, or you know something like that, like the Bling Ring. And there's a bunch of different like names for it that happen all at once, and then like only time will tell which which moniker will stick. Yeah, I believe TMZ, that was the first one, was the Burglar Bunch. Yeah. It and then like I guess really once it found cool. out how nice the things they were stealing were, then they became the Bling Ring. The Bling Ring is just so much catchier. <laughs> That's true, too. That is much catchier. So what is your background with, I guess, I mean, do you want to talk about the Bling Ring itself? Do you want to talk about the show? Do you want to talk about how, like, those two came together for you and what you were doing back in... 2010, 2009, when all of this was breaking. Was 2009. I, I guess I'll like start, Mike, might as well like start about where I kind of like discovered them, which mm-hmm. was on TMZ, like talking about how they were under investigation for breaking into all these celebrity homes and they were going into people like Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan. Adriana Patridge, some of them, it's like very much like a sign of the times. Mm-hmm. Like Ashley Tisdale was another house that they tried to like knock over <laughs> to use some burglar uh, <laughs> jargon. But, um, and so it was kind of crazy that it was like these young kids that were like getting away with it because it took a while for them to kind of figure out who they all were, how they were connected mm-hmm. and it's actually, I don't know if you saw this, it's kind of an early day where, like, Facebook actually played a part in it. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, because these kids, so um, the kids that were part of the bling ring, they all went to school together, Mm -hmm. and they went to this place called Indian Hills High School. It was a very small, special school, basically for rich, bad kids. Like, it was 100 kids Oh, yeah, I think it was, like, an alternative school, because that's how Alexis met Nick. Yes, Nick was there. So it was Rachel Lee and Nick Prugro were the two main people that kind of had started it. Rachel mm-hmm. Lee was the real mastermind, quote unquote. Like, I don't <laughs> think there were any of the real masterminds <laughs> involved, but she was the one, it was her idea. And he went along with it. And they kind of would talk about it with their classmates. And their other classmates were like, well, that sounds fun. Like, we want to go to Paris Hilton's house. Like, we want to go check out these things. 
because they would go to parties wearing the clothes, which Mm -hmm. eventually they take pictures, they show up on Facebook, and when it comes time to research and investigate the crime, they're finding these kids all know each other, they're all wearing stolen items, and Mm -hmm. kind of, Facebook was the one that kind of got them in, like, actually, like, you know, fingered or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you're you're a real detective over here with all this terminology. Well, it was such like a, I think what blew people away was that it was like kids. They're yeah. all like 18, 19. I think people mm-hmm. were expecting much more sophisticated burglars. And I think what also blew people away is that like they literally weren't like breaking and entering. They were just walking into the house. So many people didn't lock their doors. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to me. And I remember um, in some of the research that I did, I remember reading that, I think it maybe was in The Suspects Wore Louboutins, even Nancy Drew's iconic article. I did yes. read that in preparation. Uh, but they were saying that they decided to hit up Paris because they just figured she'd be dumb and her door would be unlocked and her stuff would be out. And they were completely right. Yeah, her key was underneath the mat, and it's actually (laughs) in the movie, The Bling Ring, which is based on the whole article that Nancy Jo Sales wrote. She wrote a book, and then she wrote, they had the movie afterwards. Or was the movie, the one I was reading, The Bling Ring book, unless she had added it after the movie, it kind of sounded like a memoir of the whole experience and explaining what The Bling Ring was and Mm kind of how it went down. Um... Uh, what part were we at? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just, There's so much to talk about. There is so much. Okay, so you knew what was happening with the bling ring. You were aware of the TMZ articles coming out. You were following along. Like, was this, like, a case that you were, like, paying attention to as it was happening? Like, I know, you know, to give another kind of contemporary contemporaneous example, my mom was super into the Casey Anthony case. So she, like, followed that thing from, like, the time that, like, Kaylee was missing to Casey's, you know, eventual acquittal, whatever the fuck. Yeah, I actually followed that one, too. I didn't go <laughs> as, I don't know if they actually, like, um, televised the trials and stuff for the Bling Ring kids. I think some of it also happened, like, out of court where they settled, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, a lot, lot of that. Yeah, a lot of them did, though, do jail time. Like, Alexis Nears, she got originally six months, and then she served one. Mm-hmm. And at one point, she was in jail alongside Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for, like, the last five days. And so she was saying, so I listened to, I was telling you that I had listened to a bunch of her podcast episodes, or I don't know, like, five, a bunch, whatever, in the last three days. Um, and so she's told a lot of great background information, just sprinkled in. So I'm so happy I listened to that. She mm-hmm. was saying that what she did when she first got out of jail is she didn't have any kind of money. She had nowhere to go. She and Tess, like, she had given Tess a bunch of money for her apartment to stay in you know, for those six months up front and Tess blew through it within, you know, a couple of days because Tess, of course, was still struggling with addiction at that point. And so Alexis didn't have anywhere to turn to. And so she sold a story about being in jail with Lindsay to TMZ or one of those sites in order to make a quick buck. And she was saying, you know, I'm so sorry, Lindsay, that I did that. Like, I just felt like I had nowhere else to turn. Um, But yeah. At the time she was 20 years old, can you really blame her that she sold a story about herself being in jail? It's Mm -hmm. like, doesn't make her look really in a good light either. So it's okay, Alexis. Like, you know. Um, But that's what I thought was crazy knowing this story that then E gives them a TV show. And Mm -hmm. I was like, why would they give these girls a TV show when they're like, basically burgling the people they're sucking up to every day, like (laughs) real celebrities. 
And it turns out, allegedly, they already had the show. Yes. It's a coincidence that all this happened. Yes. So they had already gotten the show. So uh, Alexis and Tess had, like, been out in Hollywood. They had been doing modeling. They had been lying about their age, saying that they were 20-year-old fraternal twins. And that's how they were booking a lot of, like, modeling jobs and, like, music video gigs, things like that. They were on set of a really horrible movie called Frat Party, apparently. This is all how, like, Alexis describes it. Um, and they met the, uh, who would be the producer of the show, Dan Levy, who went on to produce, like, the Goldbergs, like, sitcoms now. Um, I listened to an episode where she and Dan uh, had this. Uh, and Schitt's Creek. Oh, it, no, not him. Not Eugene Levy's son. Are another sure? guy. 100% sure, because he told the story about how he gets the other Dan Levy's mail. Like, they know each other. Oh, okay, because I thought I saw an article where Dan Levy, like, talks about this, but maybe, maybe I was wrong. Unless there's a big, long con, but I, oh, it was a podcast, <laughs> it wasn't a video, so I didn't see his face, but he yeah. told the story about, like, you know, how it's funny, like, they've known each other for years, and now it's, like, now that the other Dan is, like, super big, it's, like, really funny. Um, but, yes, so she met producer Dan, her producer, who would be her producer at, uh, on set of this movie, they thought that she and Tess were really funny. They were talking and he asked them if they wanted to do a sizzle reel and basically just like shop a reality show about their lives because the whole thing was originally it was going to be called Homeschool with the Arlingtons. It was going to be all about how their mom, Andrea, is homeschooling them in the method of the secret and they're kind of just like the hippy dippy Kardashians, the new age Kardashian kind of like family joking. Andrea sort of- is like your typical... California, new age, hippie, but yet still super rich. So how hippie- Well, still puts on the airs of being rich. So true. true. Um, yeah, so they ended up getting the show and then it was on their second day of filming that they woke up to the cops beating down the doors and Alexis was saying that she had actually been calling the cops and trying to like, I don't know, confess or like tell on Nick and Rachel it's kind of unclear so she thought they were showing up just to question her and then she gets carted off in the back of a police car um they of course had to reshoot that scene for the actual episode which is disappointing but what can we expect from reality tv yeah I think actually in the Nancy Jo Sales books I think she actually mentions this whole scene not so much the made for t like the fake one but um hold on let me see if I can find the excerpt So she's talking about how there was um, this paparazzi shot of the girls coming out and you, she says, um, after Alexis Nears had been released on the 50,000 bond, it looked like a paparazzi shot. In fact, it was. You had to wonder who had alerted the paparazzi to Nears' arrest. In the picture, Taylor had her arm protectively slung around Nears' shoulder as she hustles past photographers blasting away. Both girls have lots of lustrous dark hair and perfectly shaped eyebrows and perfectly toned exposed midriffs. Taylor has on black tracksuit and Ray-Ban sunglasses, although it's night. Nears, it appears, is wearing what to be a icy blue juicy sweatpants and a pair of Uggs. So of the time, isn't that? (laughs) (laughs) Juicy couture sweatpants and a pair of Uggs. Mm -hmm. She's holding the end of a black scarf up around her face, dramatically concealing everything but an expertly made-up eye. The girls look like celebrities. It appears that they think they are. What had not been yet reported was that they were the stars of an upcoming reality show, Pretty Wild, being filmed for E. I didn't do jack shit, 
it's a joke, Nears responded to reporters as <laughs> she was leaving jail. So, yeah, so even when they arrested, technically nobody knew that they were going to be on a show yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the show itself, um, so it was supposed to be about them trying to become Hollywood It Girls. Obviously, it changed the focus once she became, you know, the kind of the, the not the face of the bling ring, because I guess she was, though, sort of, she became the face of the bling ring via Pretty Wild, Nancy Joe's article coming out, and then, of course, the movie happening with Emma Watson. I would um, agree, yeah. Even though she wasn't the ringleader and allegedly only went to one house, um, they say she went to more, but they could only really prove that she went to one house. Mm-hmm. Um, she did become like the face of the bling ring and what you think. And Alexis herself has said a few different things kind of with her involvement of the actual blur- burglary. She said she was only in that one house. She said that she was so like drunk and blacked out that she had no idea what was happening. And then when she did realize what was happening, she started yelling at them that they had to get out of there. That doesn't explain why she had a bunch of other celebrities. Like she was at Orlando Bloom's house, but she had a bunch of other celebrities stuff at her house when it was like the police came with their warrant and they like removed all of that. So, you know, it could have just been that she was given these things, but why are you going to give someone these purses and, and coats that you could sell for hundreds right. of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars if they didn't, you know, participate in the burglary with you. And Nick was calling bullshit on her being drunk because one of their tactics to not be seen by security cameras is that they would walk backwards up the hills or like up towards the house so no one could see their faces. So he's like, well, she was really that drunk. He's like, why, how could she be like clearly very like stealthily walking backwards like mm-hmm. up a hill at although night. that i don't know about because sometimes when you're drunk you have like magic grace powers good point good point <laughs> especially <laughs> I guess we can give her that one if she was using i mean and she has like gone into extensive detail on her uh podcast about like her history with drugs and alcohol abuse you know she had like a very chaotic traumatic childhood and started doing like smoking pot when she was like 11 or 12 you know drinking at the same age and by the time she was 15, 16, she was full on like smoking Oxycontin, eventually shooting heroin. So it's like maybe if you're doing that hard of drugs on on the regular that like, yeah, you might be blacked out on alcohol, but that's just like you got a tiny buzz on comparatively and you can like walk and run and jump through hoops. Yeah. And I, it's shocking to me the second time I watched the show, not realizing how messed up these girls were the Mm -hmm. first time around when I watched it. Like, it's very, they're very slurry, eyes half open, talk very slowly. Like, it's just like, I was like, I can't believe I didn't think that the first time I watched it. Yeah. And I even knew that they had, like, drug problems. But even for me, like, it was kind of hard to tell, especially more so for Tess. I thought, like, Tess was apparently, like, just as much, like, battling with addiction at this point as Alexis was. But, like, I feel like she was very, seemed very put together. And even on the very last episode of the season where Andrea finds, you know, Oxycontins from, you know, in Alexis's room, she's like, oh, my gosh, she's, like, taking these pills when at that point she was, like, straight up shooting heroin. Yeah. Uh, And Tess was as well. Like, Tess was just, like, playing along being like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe she would do such a thing. And she, like, her acting was, like, I mean, seemed really good for, especially for someone who was apparently so fucked up on drugs at that point as well. What was interesting at the time, like when the burglaries happened, Alexis was actually kicked out of her house by Andrea Mm -hmm. and so was Tess. And so they were staying with Nick and there was actually like these, um, they seized one of his computers and I found on like TMZ, like they had like all the photographs and remember like 
that's how you used to take like digital pictures, like standing in front of your computer. <laughs> and so there's like pictures of all, like almost every member of the bling ring because they're all like hanging out at Nick's house. Because I think it was one of those things, his parents were probably never around. So it was just like everybody hung out at Nick's and stuff. But um, yeah, so Alexis was kicked out of the house. And so it was kind of funny then to watch this show, like knowing... <laughs> What was actually going on, like, in the background? Because, yeah, like, when you, the very beginning, like, the first episode, probably the stuff that they filmed before she got arrested, where it was just, like, this is our family, and we're so happy and wacky, and we homeschool, and our homeschooling is based on the secret, Mm -hmm. and then they, like, have this, like, little scene, they're, like, we're gonna make vision boards about people who inspire us, who are really good people, like, Angelina Jolie. (laughs) Yes, which they reference in the movie, I love that. So, oh yeah, and I've never seen the movies, so now of course I have to watch it. Oh, um, Leslie, um, Judd Apatow's wife. Yes, Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann plays Andrea's character. She, I can, I read that, and it, I can picture her so perfectly. She like perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually. I meant to watch it before this, but I was like, I'm good. I, I, I know it all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it I need to watch it. it. Um, apparently, Alexis uh, has also never seen it. I watched her. Uh, I actually first became aware of Alexis more so just in like knowing that she was on Pretty Wild. Like I knew Pretty Wild existed, mm-hmm. um, and I knew, of course, the meme that we'll talk about in a second eventually. Um, but I became aware of her more so this summer because she was on. Do you watch Z Way Z Way F? on Instagram. She does these baited Instagram lives. No. They're amazing. So basically she's a black comedian and she brings, it used to mostly just be white people, but now it's like anyone. And she brings them on their, her Instagram live. And she asks them like very pointed questions about race and kind of just like lets them like dig themselves into a hole. And it's just like genius. Cause like, you know, as white people, especially watching it, like it really forces you as the viewer to like confront your own, like you know, biases and racism. And so Alexis went on. I knew that Alexis was like a pretty wild fame. I watched her live. It was like the best interview that I've seen of Z-Ways because she was so honest. She was humble. She was like taking accountability for her past actions. And I was just like, wow, this is the same girl that was like screaming into a phone, like crying, recording this voicemail. Um, so that's really what, what got me interested and really wanting to talk about Pretty Wild right now. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> that oh, no, but that's really, well, because just shows but, how much she's grown. Oh, like, but on expect her to grow that way. On the interview now, I remember, she had said that she never saw the movie because she didn't like what Emma Watson had said about her in an interview where basically Emma was like, I'm playing this character who's like a horrible person. And like Alexis was just like, I was a kid who was like on drugs, who had like had a horrible childhood who was like in pain and hurting like yeah I was doing bad things but like I wasn't a horrible person like I think that was kind of the gist so she's she hasn't seen the movie either so me and Alexis are the same that way yeah she did was a um what do you call it like she helped like she did like was paid to be a consultant oh okay I that's interesting I wonder because I know that there are those laws where it's like technically a criminal can't profit off their crime oh I wonder though if it's consulting because that's like when you talk about well she wrote a book though too recently but she didn't write about the bling I mean she wrote a memoir just like up her life and because I think Tess was one of the people also consulting. And I remember at the time Tess was, um, got caught with drugs again. Mm-hmm. And Sophia Coppola actually paid for her to go to rehab. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Or at least the production team. Cause mm-hmm. like, you know, they're working with her at the time. Yeah. So they like want to like help get her help. And that's oh, Sofia Coppola. <laughs> it's like, that's great. Aww. Um, so what are your, so I guess let's touch on the movie really quick before we go into, I mean, we've mostly already given the background on the show. There's like a few other details I want to get into before we talk about the episode. But before you go into that, like, what are your thoughts? Did you like the movie? I did like the movie. Like, I thought it was fun. I believe that, like, Paris Hilton actually let them film at her house. So those types of moments made it really cool and kind of, like, like legitimized it or, like, made it seem more real. Um, uh, And it's kind of, like, a lot of it, they took the dialogue from the interviews she Mm -hmm. had with the kids because she definitely interviewed Alexis obviously I believe also Tess and Nick so I think a lot of the dialogue she got is from all of them too so some of the stuff they really said like I might run the country one day (laughs) (laughs) like that's all Alexis oh my gosh Alexis All right. So like I said, we've already kind of gone through the background of the show. A few things I did want to just touch on. Um, Obviously, it was an e-reality show. It was only one season. Surprisingly, it didn't get picked up for a second season. Um, Dan Levy, Levy, we already talked about that, but it was also uh, produced by Chelsea Handler because Mm -hmm. he was working with her a lot at the time. So that was also some of the reasons why it didn't get picked up for a second season was because, you know, Alexis was deeply addicted to drugs. She was going to jail, but also because Chelsea Handler had signed on for this like lighthearted family sitcom, not sitcom, yeah, she but, you definitely know, like comedy herself <laughs> after everything happened. And then it went, turned into this like dark, dark thing that it was, um, So we've talked about Alexis. We've talked about Tess a little bit. They are not biological sisters. They're best friends who grew up together. Um, Their moms were close friends. And then eventually Tess, uh, her mom kind of left her with Andrea. I got the impression her mom might have had her own addiction issues. Mm -hmm, And so, yes. So like Andrea like took her in and there was never really, I think they would say she was illegally adopted, but I think that wasn't necessarily true. I think yeah. it was one of the things they would say. Like People I have referred to her as their, like, adoptive sister, their, mm-hmm. their foster sister, but I think it was just, like, yeah, a friend who was very close, like, family. They still are very close. I mean, Alexis just posted on her, um, uh, her Instagram a few weeks back for National Sister Day. Um, and so then it also has, which we haven't talked about yet, Gabby, her, her younger sister. Right. <laughs> Poor forgotten Gabby. Who was I just a kid. <laughs> love Gabby. She is so sweet. She's such a, I, I mean, she's just like an angel and listening to her and you listen to the podcast where it was the three of them and Andrew mm-hmm. with the family therapist, just listening to Gabby being like, yeah, well, you know, like I've had to overcome like being a people pleaser and like not feeling loved. And it's just like, and she did all of this and she like never had like a serious drug addiction or anything like that. Like her sisters so and you can see how she would be a people pleaser if like her siblings are always kind of being crazy and like Mm -hmm. in trouble like you want to be the one that's like good for your mom like okay I'll go out and find a job mom if you want me to like no you can kind of see where that would come from yeah um and so the other thing that I did want to make sure we talked about too was the fact that they were actually flat broke while they they were filming this show and that the fancy house that they lived in was rented I think like maybe by production or like heavily subsidized by production and that Alexis said that when uh she wasn't actually filming the show she and Tess were in a Best Western hotel like smoking Oxycontin shooting heroin or they were like panhandling on the streets for money yeah that we'll see when they said that I just thought 
a lot of that came from them getting kicked out of the house. And so they were living the best Western or that was like a way for them to like hide out from filming, get high and then come back. Um, I didn't realize they were actually like in dire straits. Like, they yeah, were, like, Andrea family. also definitely had uh, money problems. So that was one of the things that um, Alexis had said, like growing up there, a lot of the problems was that her mom didn't have any kind of boundaries and she would just like put all of her like financial and like romantic, like, worries on her daughters um so alexis was very aware of like you know the the problems that they were in the financial issues that their family had from a very young age and i, I think it was always kind of just like when you're in that sort of community that southern california close to hollywood adjacent to fame because andrea was like a, a lingerie model playboy model mm-hmm. so I, she kind of had that like adjacent to fame sort of um yeah. you just have to like play keeping up with the joneses and i feel like you know they probably like had a lot of credit card debt they were subsidizing a lot of their lifestyle with credit cards that they at this point probably couldn't keep up with this was also like smack dab in the middle of the recession right um, that of course was affecting everyone so that's like a whole other layer too like let's talk about this in 2020 like i mean in 2020 we kind of have to stand celebrities getting robbed during a recession <laughs> I know. I mean, it is in a weird way, like a very um, white privilege version of like the looting <laughs> that's going on now, where it's just like, that's kind of what they were saying, though. The kids being like, well, Paris Hilton isn't going to miss this purse. She's not going to miss $500. And she didn't, like, because they went back like how many times before she finally caught on that any of her stuff had been stolen? Yeah, it took them, like, they went back multiple times, they said. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a lot of times, like, they were taking things like drugs. So what's she going to do? Oh, they took my Coke. Please <laughs> help me. Yep. Like, like, they admit, they're like, yeah, we found five grams of Coke at Paris's and we took it. Because what, what's she going to do? I forget what actually happened. I think it was the Orlando Bloom one that, like, really that they went too far because they took a lot of his Rolexes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rachel Lee actually went back in. She was like, well, I'm moving to Vegas. I need some artwork. And she went and took a huge painting from his house. Like this is when they had just like really thought they knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Thought they were smarter than anyone else. And this was the big one where they really all got caught was the Orlando Bloom one. I feel like Orlando Bloom, too, just compared to, like, the other celebrities, like, Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, like, yeah, you can take your stuff, they're not gonna notice, but, like, I feel like Orlando is, like, I'm just, like, a guy, I'm from England, (laughs) like, I keep track of my possessions. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you're, like, messing with the wrong guy, like, these British people, they're a little more, uh, they pay attention a little bit better, (laughs) some vapid stars. (laughs) All right, should we get into the episode recap itself? Okay, so this episode, of course, is the iconic, like, voicemail scene. Is there, I mean, there were, like, some good episodes, though. I feel like everyone knows this one. Of course, we had to talk about it, but I would have loved to talk about that first episode. I would have loved to talk about, like, when they go to Cabo. That was really fun. Yeah, Um, I definitely wanted to talk about how when we meet them and them moving in and all that. We'll talk about everything, but what, what in particular, just, like, wanting to talk about, like, Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers. It's the most iconic moment of the show. I feel like your listeners, if we did anything else, they'd be like, really? <laughs> like, you're not going to do the Nancy Joe one? And I like to switch it the news. 
2020, it's still on the news. They're it's still, still fighting. The number one iconic meme of all time. It's still like the the feud that keeps on giving. So yeah. yes, this is true. It is true because they are still fighting in 2020. And like this is 10 years on that this has been happening. So that I like I do like investigating like the root of a cultural moment. So that's yeah, definitely something worth talking about. So this is um, episode six called Vanity Unfair. So we open with the classic reality TV shows staged. You have to get out of the house, so you're going to go get a pedicure. Of course. They were in a weird pedicure place, though. It looks like they, like, walked into, like, a spa room where it was just, like, two wicker chairs that they were going to sit in and get their pedicure. It was almost like um, their, like, the break room, and they, like... (laughs) still had clients out there and they're like okay if we need you to film in your own little spot we'll like make something up over here because it was kind of weird how it was like just I don't know it seemed kind of shady <laughs> I know it's very strange yeah uh so Alexis tells Tess that she has some really big news that she has gotten an offer to do a story for Vanity Fair including a photo shoot to quote explain my side of the story and Tess says there's no way that can go bad. <laughs> she's no, she asked her, she's like, and there's no way that can turn out bad. And Alexis is like, no, of course not. <laughs> I wondered if they filmed this after the fact. <laughs> no, because I, I, she did say in her podcast that like that they definitely did some like scripted scenes, scripted moments, and she also said that it was her lawyer and production that had like found, like had kind of vetted this Vanity Fair interview. Because they're yeah, no, they said, different stories. That are yeah, different Alexis things. definitely said, like, this was something that production pushed on them and said that, like, they're going to show you in a great light. They're going to show your side of the story. And, you know, she's believing everything they're telling her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then at this point, we get, like, Tess bringing up this damn boy, like, her boy of the season. Except for in episode two where she goes on a single date with Ryan Cabrera and he brings his friend. That was actually going to be my second choice of an episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Troy from Dunzo has done an episode on Tess Taylor and Ryan Cabrera. And that was like, I listened to that episode years ago before I ever watched Pretty Wild. And I remember him saying, being like, they didn't even have a relationship. They went on one date that wasn't a date. It was his excuse to talk about Pretty Wild. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> um, so that was so funny watching Ryan Cabrera just show up for one episode and then bowl and then be like, you don't want to go out with me? And Tess be like, no, and just shake his hand. And he still had the hair. I mean, he must have been pretty desperate too if he was on the show. <laughs> He's like, you know, I used to be living large. He had an entire season long romantic arc on the Ashley Simpson show. Now he's just fighting for scraps with one one episode on Pretty Wild. I forgot about that. I forgot he was on the Ashley Simpson show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was her romantic interest in the first season. That last week passed. <laughs> um, so instead, Tess meets this other guy, Max, who becomes like her other romantic guy for the season. So basically, she's complaining about him, complaining about how he didn't respond to any of her calls or texts while they were in Cabo. Um, Alexis is like, well, he's just playing hard to get. Uh, and then Alexis gives her some damn good advice. And she tells him, like, if you just continue to see him like this and don't have a talk, you're going to get your heart broken. Like, you need to straighten things out and see where you stand. And hey, I was like, open communication. That is good advice. (laughs) Like, I was genuinely very impressed. So this is like where I'm going to just go ahead and like expose myself. I'm like, have to stand Alexis Nyers. Like, I have to. She has growth. She has humility. She can like 
she doesn't take herself too seriously. There are some problematic things that I will get into. Like, she's not perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, even back then, I feel like you could see the, like, shades of who she would grow into as a person. And, of course, like, if she hadn't, like, gotten clean and, like, you know, really, like, taken her personal growth seriously, yes, she wouldn't be where she is today. But I feel like the foundation was always there. She would say these things, and you're like, is this girl for real, or is she just, like, repeating something else that she read somewhere? (laughs) Sometimes you weren't sure, like, are these her own thoughts? Like, I think they might be. I think they might be a little deep, but Mm -hmm. you're like, no way, no way, not this girl. (laughs) Right, because you're just thinking, like, well, she's just, like, into the secret or whatever. Right. Wasn't there, like, a huge scandal about the secret? Oh, I'm sure there was. There's always some kind of scandal with these, like, new-agey type things. Because when I saw that, I was like, I swear to God, I felt like recently there was some, I don't know, I think my cat's laying on my phone now. <laughs> I, I swear there was, like, the guy who started The Secret. It was, like, some whole big controversy. And he's still doing something, but it's, like, not The Secret anymore. But it's, like. Let me see. I just Googled the secret. Because I was like, that would be Andrea to, like, (laughs) follow some charlatan. (laughs) Right. No, there's, like, a bunch of follow-ups about, like, the secret Dare to Dream, a movie out in 2020. So I I guess they're they're still doing their thing. Yeah, okay. Well, they very much believe in the law of attraction, even still, which is, like, nothing bad. Like, there's nothing wrong if you want to incorporate law of attraction sort of beliefs into your into your daily life. I think that's like one of the better belief systems that you can like go about participating in. I was um, watching 90 Day Fiance, actually, well, Darcy and Stacy's show. I didn't watch that. No, because 90 Day Fiance is something that I'm gonna have to get to in like 10 years. Uh, She makes a great quote where it's basically her sister, she has a fiance and there's a woman basically um hitting on her fiance and trying to make it seem like they're really dating or he's cheating on her like she's using social media to like Mm kind of make that look you know nefarious and she goes don't let her into your vision board (laughs) (laughs) it's like yes darcy (laughs) that's cute All right, so then um, we were back at the house, or the house that production rented, or wherever. This is the house that they had to move from after the first episode. So they moved, they were in, like, one episode, like, in the suburbs, Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, in the second episode, they have moved on, allegedly because, like, the neighbors don't like them living there because of the paparazzi and the the media and the cops coming. I think also it was probably just because they couldn't afford that house, and they were in the recession. They had to to get out. And you know Andrea was also calling the paparazzi, too. (laughs) Probably. Um, So Gabby's like on her computer. She asked Andrea for her credit card. And so Andrea has a talking head where she's like, you know, I need to make Gabby understand the value of a dollar. When I was her age, I was making like, what, $3.25 working uh, as a receptionist of a modeling agency. So she thinks it's time for Gabby to get a job herself. Which is the only job I could see. I could totally see um, you doing that in like the 80s. I bet she was really good at her job too. (laughs) She probably gave all the girls pep talks about the secret. (laughs) (laughs) And Gabby, I just like, again, I love her. She's so sweet and mature and she's like not, you know, a whiny spoiled brat about this. She's like, okay, yeah, you're probably right. I need to start earning money for a car anyway. So I got to do it somehow. Um, So she decides. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, but can I have your card though? And she gives her her card, which is fine because you know what, Gabby, you can have whatever you want as long as you don't do heroin. Exactly. Or steal it. (laughs) 
So then we get a scene. Um, we're at Wicker, the band, uh, their practice. This is the band that Max is in. So do you think, so she was not able to get a hold of Max. So did Max agree to do this just so he could have his band filmed on TV? <laughs> I don't know. So Max's whole thing, I mean, he's in like almost every single episode this season. I think it's like from episode three onward, he's in all of the, the tests. Like, you know, he has a moment with Tess, except for the one episode when they're in Cabo. Um, but like, he, he says that he's into her and then he ignores her for two days and then they have a talk about it. And he says that like, oh, I was just busy. I don't know. I mean, I think Tess has a pretty mature reaction for um, how he's treating her, but I think he's just being like a dumb boy. Well, she's also being a little bit of a doormat too, because she's like, oh, you don't text me for a few days? Okay, that's mm -hmm. fine. Like, you could tell she's also like one of those, like, you under, like, when you're like kind of scared to like rock the boat. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, no, if I say one thing he disagrees with, like, he's gonna dump me right now. But this was back in, like, 2009 when, like, we didn't have unlimited texting, you know? Oh, good, so point. good point. I feel like it would be, it's, like, a different kind of vibe of, like, oh, he didn't text me for a weekend while I was, like, in Cabo. Like, well, shit, girl, like, did he have, like, long-distance texting? Like, I don't know if that was a thing back then. Riley, these are excellent points <laughs> that you're bringing up. Gotta give yourself the cultural context of the time. Thank you. This is why you do what you do. <laughs> yeah, it's just like something because I feel like, you know, in 2020, like, obviously, it's just like, if a guy doesn't text you for three days, like, drop his ass because that's ghosting. Like, that's straight up ghosting you if someone doesn't text you for three whole days, you know, basically. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, in 2009, it's like, shit, you might not talk to your boyfriend for a weekend if he didn't get, like, his minutes. I know, it's not like it now where, like, Wi-Fi is everywhere, too, so mm -hmm. he could have had spotty reception. Yeah, they were on Blackberries. Yeah, or Sidekicks. Yeah, they probably stole a Sidekick from Paris Hilton. Yeah, did you know someone had the phone, because, oh, the, the kids today, they're not going to remember these phones, but the, they were kind of like Sidekicks, but they were almost still looking like iPhones, but they would, like, slide up, and then yes, the... Yes, the, the uh, LG Chocolates. I think that's what it was like, and the QWERTY keyboard would be like underneath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my gosh, classic! I remember I had a phone with that. It was like a almost like an off-brand sidekick too, because it flipped up. I had a sidekick. <laughs> Fancy. Okay, Paris. Okay, I had a kick ID. I had like the cheaper one. <laughs> Still. Um, okay, so we're at the Wicker Band practice. It's what? Do you, what did you think of Wicker the band? I wasn't really paying attention to Wicker <laughs> the band because I was just thinking, I'm like, this guy's totally using this girl just to get on TV. I it like Tess. Try, yeah, I like Tess too. I was trying to like think about it. I was like, this is not good. But then I was like, but in 2009, I would have listened to this. And it's so a 2009 band name is Wicker. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tess says that she is going to take Lexi's advice. I like how she, her and Gabby call Alexis Lexi. I think it's mm -hmm. cute. Um, she's going to talk to Max about what happened in Cabo. So I do appreciate, like, she seems pretty comfortable with the band. Like, she walks in. She says, hey, boys, like, I need to talk to Max for a second. She and him talk. He plays dumb. He's like, yes. oh, how was Cabo? And so then a poor, poor Tess is like, well, you know, I was kind of a third wheel because Lexi was doing her own thing because she had, like, a whole boy while uh, – adventure while she was in Cabo. Now, what was interesting was I was listening to Alexis, one of her podcasts this morning, and she was saying that when they were in Cabo, they had brought a bunch of, I think it was like Suboxone pills or something like that. Oh, okay. So, because, you know, they were like on heroin at the time. Mm -hmm. They couldn't like go into these horrible withdrawals. Um, so they bought a bunch of pills and they like 
took it up their vagina, like on the airplane. And like, that's how they got it to Mexico. That's what Paris Hilton would do when she would bring her (laughs) drugs around. That's what you got nature's pockets. Um, (laughs) And so one of the, I think they said like one of the makeup artists or just like one of the production team that was there filming found it and they flushed the pills, like not knowing like what it was. Um, And so I think, Maybe it was, like, oxy pills that they brought, and so then they, like, went to withdrawal, and Tess was, like, apparently really feeling it bad. Like, she was just, like, super sick. Alexa said she was able to, like, get to some kind of, like, Mexican pharmacy and get some kind of, like, maybe, like, Suboxone-type thing to just sort of some kind of pain pill or opiate, something to, like, take the edge off a little bit. It's like, um, I hear when you detox from something like that, it feels like you're going to, like, die. It's like yeah. a flu. It's like yeah. the worst flu that you'll ever have. Mm-hmm. Vomiting, like, shitting your brains out, chills, feeling like needles stabbing your skin. This is not me speaking from experience. This is me. Either, like, but don't do this, kid. <laughs> this is, like, you don't want it. It's, like, the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she, yeah, so she was explaining all of this. So she was able to, like, you know, kind of puke and rally, for lack of a better term, and, like, you know, kind of get her shit together. And that's why she said, like in the Cabo episode, it's a really Alexis heavy episode because Tess was just like not having it, not like being filmed. Oh, she was just so sick. So it's oh. kind of funny where she was like, yeah, I was just kind of like third wheeling it. It's like you weren't out with her and Javier. You were like in the bathroom puking your brains out. Well, it's all an illusion. So much <laughs> stuff that happens on this show. It's all oh. an illusion. I get like, I'm so glad that I had these extra few days from when we were going to record and I, we had technical difficulties because I've done so much more. I know. I did not know those stories. Alexis's podcast. It's like a wealth of information. Um, so basically she and Max are still talking and she says that she wants to talk about some things. He suggests they go get coffee tomorrow and talk then. I'm like, talk now you're there. Just talk. Well, he is that band practice. I mean, I guess that's true, but like their whole conversation that they have lasts like five minutes anyway. But she is totally chill. She's like chill girl where she's like, okay, like we could do that tomorrow. She's definitely not like a psycho girl that's like, you haven't texted me. Where mm-hmm. have you been? How dare you? Like embarrassing him in front of all of his bandmates. Yeah. Um, but she does say that she is determined to crack his shell and figure out how he feels. So then we're back at the house again. So love this scene. Alexis walks into the living room. Andrew and Gabby are just like hanging out. And she's like, I went shopping for stuff to wear at my Vanity Fair interview. And so she like starts pulling out everything that she's bought. And the first thing that she pulls out is this like tiny little like floofy floral mini skirt. Um, And Andrew's just like, you got to be more conservative. People are not going to like, people are going to think you're not taking this seriously. And she's like, okay, well, I do have this one. And it's like the exact same length of mini skirt, but like tight. (laughs) Like, it's somehow better. Her sweet younger sister, Gabby, is like, these are not age-appropriate clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Gabby, who's like 15, is telling her what's not age-appropriate. Although, I really actually did think the black skirt would be fine with tights. Yeah, I know. She does say, like, with tights. Um, And then she, like, pulled out heels, and Andrea's like, you need a one-inch heel, not a four-inch heel. She's like, I've gone down from four to three. Isn't that enough? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at what cost, mom? At what cost? Yeah. I actually thought Andrea, oh, what Andrea gave some good advice because she was saying like, well, this is like the longest skirt I have. And she goes, but honey, I wonder how short her shortest skirt is. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's actually pretty good advice for like a job interview if you're like not sure how to dress. Mm-hmm. I did love her. She's like, this is the longest thing I've worn in a long time. I was like, that doesn't make it any better. 
Yeah, seriously. Like in the one episode where they do the cheerleading with, um, what's his name, Vernon, whatever, the football player, they're wearing their little like cheerleading outfits. And then at one point as they're walking away, I'm like, I'm seeing butt cheek. Of course. <laughs> I'm sure they were intentionally doing that. Because remember, they wanted to be, well, Tess was a cyber girl on Playboy. Mm-hmm, yep. So this yeah. was like their shtick, like being like sexy sisters. That was their whole thing. Like Tess wanted to be in Playboy. I mean, she had been a cyber girl. She wanted to be like a Playboy playmate. There was also that, I think it was like one of the last episodes of the season where it starts out with Tess like in the shower. She's like, oh, I need a towel. And then like Andrea comes and she's like, oh my God, you look good. And starts like doing a naked yes. photo shoot right there. A very Chris Jenner, you're doing amazing, sweetie, uh, photo shoot. Yeah, and I'm like, at first I'm just like, okay, a little, like, boudoir moment, and then she's like, okay, now soap up your breasts and arch your back, and I'm just like, this is X-rated. <laughs> hey, but this is also when Girls Next Door was on TV, so that would be, like, that's the big Oh, that thing. was her dream. That was, Tess wanted to be on Girls Next Door. She wanted to be on uh, one of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends. Well, I hope now she knows that she dodged a bullet there. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. We're going to oh, Pretty Wild was enough for poor Tess. More, more than enough for all of them. Okay, so then the next scene is the day of Alexis's Vanity Fair interview. So she is very excited to finally get out her side of the story. So we see them, I guess they're in her bedroom. Um, Alexis and Nancy Joe are just sitting on the bed. There's a tape recorder, tape recorder between them. So the tapes exist, right? We, they we, do. And Nancy Joe keeps saying that the tapes still exist. That she was uh, like, these things were recorded. Release the tapes then, Nancy Joe. We want to know. We want to know. <laughs> release the tapes. <laughs> if Nancy Joe's whole thing is that, you know, she didn't twist and manipulate and chop and edit Alexis's words like Alexis claims then like release the tapes girl from what I know of journalism I think it's like a thing where you would not do that like that would be in bad form to like probably yeah I don't know I as I said like I have to stay on Alexis so I'm kind of on her side yeah. <laughs> but it's ridiculous so when I was watching these um when I read the article the subject wore Louboutins and when I was watching this I was like how did they not have like her lawyer there mm -hmm. someone there to protect her but it turns out they were there the whole time I was like I couldn't believe they let her say the things that they let her say I mean so with the article itself I didn't think it was that like damning of Alexis in particular it kind of just paints her as this like spoiled little rich girl just like kind of you know doesn't take things seriously but it doesn't it doesn't paint her as like a criminal mastermind or like a no, black no, no. and white like bad person you know right but just like how it doesn't she doesn't paint herself though as someone who really is getting it though and like the serious oh for sure because Nancy Joe Stales is like so what's it like to be you she's like it's good <laughs> <laughs> so yes so we asked her like what's it like to be here she's like you know I'm I'm a normal teenage girl I'm into shoes and handbags I'm like well don't say that exactly that's what I'm talking about it's like you're this, but this is what was on pretty wild this wasn't even like what was in the article right it's like you're in this huge scandal you're facing jail time like life isn't good <laughs> life is not good right now um, and then Nancy asked her, like, what types of shoes and handbags? And she's like, well, everything from Christian Louboutin to Mew Mew to YSL. And then she kind of realized, she's like, but you know, I also love my Converse and my rainbow flip-flops. And I was like, well, I didn't have rainbows. I had those $2 Old Navy flip-flops. 
well, that's what I mean. Like, there were some other things, yeah, like her lower brands. I'm like, those were still kind They're of- They're still like name brands, yeah. I know. Like I wrote in my um, notes, I forgot about this. Where's Olivia Pope when you need her? <laughs> um, oh, I remember, what was it? There was like this old, I think it was one of the teen mom, like, I think it was Ryan's wife Mackenzie had like posted this thing or someone had posted this thing like yo don't judge what you don't know because there was a time where I like couldn't afford like anything and I was a single mom you know just like eating Taco Bell and shopping at Target to get by and I'm like Target yeah Walmart not even Dollar General the oh not the well these are old navy leggings but the (laughs) leggings I I just bought three pairs of leggings from Target and I was happy to Right? Like, like, Target is, like, good quality stuff. It's just so you're saying, like, Converse and Rainbows is, like, that's your lower level. That's, like, my upper level. Yeah, Converse still costs, like, 50 bucks. Yep. Um, so then Nancy Joe says, like, well, it seems like you and Tess have the life that teenagers dream about. And unless, this is kind of where Alexis says that, you know, we've had some great times hanging out with celebrities, going to clubs, but there have also been some rocky times as well. And I think this is, like, the one moment where she starts to kind of, like, do a little bit of introspection and like kind of touch on and realize like you know the the problems that she had in her life because she grew up she was um sexually abused when she was young from the ages of four to seven by like an older family member who was I think a teenager themselves um and then she also just like experienced a lot of other like sexual abuse like you know that stemmed from that because she was like over sexualized as a child and she had Andrea as her mom who was encouraging them to like pole dance and you know dress really sexy from a young age yeah, and she was probably telling them things that, like, they were way too young mm-hmm. to hear. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just so just the things that, like, Andrea would say to them. So she, you know, was really vulnerable and, like, was exposed to a lot. Um, so I feel like, you know, in this moment where she's talking to Nancy Joe, she, like, is kind of, like, touching on that pain a little bit. But she doesn't go any deeper. And I feel like, I mean, if she, it's not her, it, not that anyone ever has to tell that story or share that mm-hmm. kind of pain. But I feel like if she had maybe Nancy Joe couldn't have taken it where she did with her story because like Alexis does do a really good job of like nowadays like humanizing herself and like making you empathize with her because like you know she like presents herself as like a fully rounded like really dynamic person and that's obviously not how she came off in the interview so that's like why this article came out and she came off to be such like a two-dimensional like spoiled little rich girl. And she said, I think in one of the podcasts too, being like, she's like, I was so convinced, like trying to convince everyone I was a good kid. And like, Mm -hmm. I was a good kid. I was like, I was trying to convince myself, but she's like, I wasn't. She even says to Nancy Joe, she's like, at the end of the day, we're just so wholesome. Yeah. You're in the middle of a heroin addiction as, as you speak. Yeah. (laughs) You're like on drugs right now. Right. Like, it's just so, that's what like, you see that dichotomy where like, that I do believe like a lot of the things that she wants to do good and wants to Mm -hmm. like talk to kids and like teach kids about like not going down the wrong path but then there are a lot of times where she's not being completely honest with herself too oh for sure and I think even even nowadays like I think Alexis has like I've said like so many times already she's grown so much like she can be really honest 
But I think like there's still some things where it's like you tell yourself something so many times, like you latch onto your own version of the truth and you like blow that up to be like the ultimate truth. And like, you don't really leave a lot of room for maybe the other person's side, which I know I've totally done like for mm -hmm. things in my past. Like, you know, I'll tell you like the stories of my, my roommate from hell that I had in college. And when I tell them like, I didn't do anything bad, but like, I know I also contributed to like the shitty roommate, like dynamic, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think we all have, like, those types of stories where, yeah. like, in our, like, we're initially telling the story, we're like, we are the saviors, we're the victims, and it's like, if you really introspect and look back, it's like, well, you're kind of, like, shitty there, mm -hmm. or, like, you were a little snarky there, or, like, you didn't help, or whatever. Yeah, so that's kind of how I feel, like, Alexis and Nancy Joe's relationship is now, where it's, like, they both kind of maybe, like, I, I see it on both sides, like, they're both kind of refusing to, like, admit that the other person has some sort of, like, you know, they're correct in some some capacity and then not so correct in another capacity uh I think Nancy just like you know maintains like I did the right thing with my story and like there was nothing that I did wrong whereas yeah, Alexis very much so yeah she believes that like she everything she did she does admit that she was like I will admit that like she didn't wear the Louboutins to court like that's like the one thing that she's actually gone back on but that's because there's also like photographic evidence yeah like, really she's like well, it's so hard because she was wearing Louboutins the day before so that's how I got it mixed up you know mm -hmm. yeah and I think there's also just like you know she doesn't there's some Alexis is right in some regards that like yeah you did like she's not seeing Alexis for who she was at that like as a whole person like a, a broken child you know a young woman like you know who had just turned 18 mm -hmm. who was like seriously addicted to drugs not that Nancy Joe could have known any of this but yeah just, nowadays she 10 years later she that she was like I wish I had known that but like, she I knows it now and she knows like who Alexis was and what she was dealing with now and she still is like not really giving her any kind of like grace so <laughs> yeah I just think it's like it's kind of funny how they're both like set in their ways I see it from it's both like, sides there's always going to be the people that don't feel bad for her because it's like kid you were like ran into people's houses and stole things like no I'm not gonna feel that bad for you either like yeah. you have to do those things yeah and she's also... always gonna be fighting those people like with that attitude mm -hmm. um so they basically in the scene like Alexis is kind of starting to choke up just like but she says I know who I am I'm proud of who I am Nancy Joe gives her a hug I feel like Nancy Joe definitely said and did things that like you know appealed to her sense of empathy and made her Alexis feel like she was in a safe space which I, think that, I mean like that's showbiz kid, kid, I guess, like, but, you know, it's just, like, it does suck. <laughs> it's also just as a reporter, like, you kind of have to find a way to get your subject to open up to you. Mm -hmm. So if that's the way, being kind of more motherly and more, like, uh, sympathetic, if that's what, like, works, then, you know, that's what she's going to do. Yeah, but I I just feel bad for Alexis because I do feel like she was blindsided, like oh, genuinely. Looking back, I do feel bad for Alexis in the ways of like she was a kid. She was like addicted to drugs. Like she didn't really have anyone I feel like truly looking out for her. Like wow. I know her mom talks about like how much she works on the case and how much she did, but it's like you made a lot of nobody's perfect, but you also made a lot of mistakes raising her to this point. And, like, the same thing with, like, her lawyer and doing this interview, he should have sat her down 
and told her, this is what you say. This is what you don't say. Like, be careful, be mindful. And maybe he did. And it just fell on deaf ears because she's thinking, "Ooh, I'm like a celebrity. I'm going to be on Vanity Fair, which is also true. But I feel like she was let down by a lot of people around her too. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was very immature. Like you can, like we'll see in a few scenes where like just, you know, how much her immaturity kind of shines through. And yeah, she didn't really have like a mature voice directing her and giving her good advice for like what to do in her life at all. Like much less just in this one moment where she's like going into a tricky situation, having a reporter with an interview with an active court case. Yeah, because I don't think we got into it, but her father, I believe, also had like addiction issues Mm -hmm. yeah he has substance abuse issues I believe alcohol um I don't know if there were other drugs involved and then I know that her mom like had different like uh different men in her life and then Jerry I think is the person that she's married to in Pretty Wild Um, I think Alexis said that he came into her life when she was 11 and then they got divorced when she was 20 so he was there kind of for a while and it seems like Jerry is kind of like a voice of reason like a little bit I I was so shocked when a man came on screen that was like a husband and stepfather to these girls not on the series that much at all I I was shocked I tell you in the first episode because from what I knew culturally of Pretty Wild I thought it was about a single mom and I could see how you would think that because they don't like talk about well she talks um Alexis will talk about her biological dad but they don't talk about yeah who Andrew is um, married to now she has a different last name than them yeah but in the first um the first episode I think it shows like when it introduces everyone and it introduces Jerry it shows like Gabby like snuggling up next to him and being like I love you daddy like it seemed like they were really close um Alexis was like 11 um Gabby would have been like nine even younger because I, I I feel like Gabby's like 15 or is Gabby like He's, 15 16 so Gabby is 15 and turns 16 in this season and I'm pretty sure Alexis is 18 the entire time so she would have been no, like I think Alexis is 19 okay I think she was 18 when she robbed the houses yeah so, yes okay there we go they were talking about how she was like had her own job they kind of almost made her seem more teenager I mean she was a teenager but <laughs> even more so because she had that job like pole dancing instructor Mm -hmm. and doing other things and they kind of like don't didn't show that like aspect of her life made it seem more like she was like a kid living at home she definitely went to jail when she was 19 so this this tracks (laughs) yeah and then they show and like I said the show was going to be about them being homeschooled so I think they always plan to kind of make them look and feel like skew Mm -hmm. younger than what they were which is funny because in her interview with the producer she was saying like yeah you didn't question like that we were 20 year olds and we told you that we were being homeschooled yeah (laughs) he was just like no I guess I didn't (laughs) Um, so yeah, they, uh, Nancy Joe, Alexis in the interview, Alexis in the interview thinking that she had like a really good connection with her and that she like, you know, she really understood her side. Um, and then it ends with Alexis telling Nancy Joe that she wants to be a leader and she wants to set a good example in her life, which I mean, 10 years later, like she's doing it. So she's definitely working towards it. So good for you, Alexis. So we get a cute little scene next just with Gabby going job hunting and she goes to a couple of stores. Um, She goes to one store. She's like, do you get a a discount on all your cute clothes if you work here? Which is like Nice way to compliment the place as you go looking Mm -hmm. for a job. (laughs) 
Uh, she goes to another store. They're not hiring, but they're like, well, you can drop off your resume. She's like, oh, I'll have to get one ready, but I'll totally drop it off. Can we take this time to appreciate that Gabby was very, like, her look was very natural. Like, she mm -hmm. wasn't super made up. Like, her hair wasn't, like, if she was, like, a Kardashian, like, imagine, like, her and Kylie Jenner at, like, the same age. Oh, yeah. She was, like, Kylie Jenner at, like, when Kylie Jenner was, like, 11 and still a child. Right. Like, Gabby, yeah. yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah, that's like, true. Even Alexis and, um... And Tess weren't not made up the way people are made up now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they weren't, like, contoured. But they had, like, their makeup done. Their eyebrows were, like, plucked and, you know, yeah. like. Oh, no, like, they still wore makeup and stuff. But not, like, I guess there wasn't really HD. <laughs> is not as much a thing now mm -hmm. <laughs> as it is now. So now you have to go the extra mile. <laughs> Although I do, we haven't talked about it yet. But can we talk about um, Tess's Monroe piercing that she had? I wanted one so bad when me I was growing too. up. <laughs> In 2009, me too. <laughs> I, every once in a while, I'm still like, could I get a Monroe piercing? I, watching that made me realize that they are so not in style anymore. Like, it is such a dated look now. I know. And she is so pretty. Tess, I thought, was the prettiest of oh, all. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah. She's yeah. And like, but no, she looked, and then the girls, um, they had, I remember, that was the other thing that stuck out to me, was I loved, because I love tattoos, and there was something about, like, I love that they're 18, and they just have all these tattoos. They had a bunch of tattoos, yeah. They had, like, Alexis had the, um, the, like, flowers, and there was, like, an onk, I think. Someone had an onk. Yeah, I think Alexis had, like, the cherry blossoms, like, all up and down her mm -hmm. arm, and, like, when I was, like, whatever age I was, like, watching this, like, I was, like, that's so cool. <laughs> Whenever I see, like, an 18-year-old with, like, a lot of tattoos, I'm just like, I really hope your taste doesn't change. I know. Same thing. Yeah. That's why I was, like, thinking, like, those are very bold tattoos to get, like, so early on in life. But, mm -hmm. of course, this is, I'm talking with, like, a huge, like, pin-up tattoo. But I was a little <laughs> bit older when I got mine. You had some time to, like, make sure that's what you really wanted. I did. I thought about that for, like, over a year before yeah, I got Yeah, I... <laughs> I'll, I have like tattoos that I've wanted to get since I was like 18 and then I have like tattoos that I like decided to get that same day <laughs> and those most people do like a lot of people do I have all of these plans and then like all of the tattoos on my body are the ones that are like spontaneous ah <laughs> uh, but that's like it's great stories there's like a memory there's a like some reason why you get it like mm -hmm. I love tattoos I love people's stories about tattoos too yeah, I want to know, um, that's actually something that Alexis talked about, which was really interesting on her Z-Way, like, they did interview, because she has a tattoo of, like, a Native American woman on her arm, and I think it's more of, like, a kind of Inuit sort of looking woman, huh? um, and she's just, like, I have to live with this every day, because, like, I wish I had known back then that's, like, not appropriate to get tattooed on your arm, and, like, I don't know what I can do, and it's kind of, like, you could cover it up, like, there's definitely a way to cover it up, and, like, even if, like you have to like black out parts of it like that is that the right thing to do as a white person like with a Native American on your arm yes like yeah so um that was something that I thought that was interesting that she was able to talk about but like she didn't got, quite get all the way to like the the conclusion should be like you need to get rid of it one way or another like laser it off or like, right especially like I'm sure it. somebody like a tattoo artist would have like an amazing idea of like how to cover that up and mm -hmm. change it to something else but it is like a full sleeve I have to go back up and this is Alexis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has like all kinds of different tattoos. 
Okay, while you look that up, I'm going to just kind of like recap the rest of this scene because it's oh, just yeah, yeah. Gabby. It's just Gabby. She finally like walks into a pet store called Tail Waggers and gives the manager her application. He gives her an on-the-spot interview, asks her if she has any sales experience, and she says no, but she's really good at memorizing and she can memorize where things are. Um, and also that she loves animals, so he gives her the job. <laughs> so Gabby's really cute. She just says that she's really excited to finally get money of her own. Aren't we all at that age? I know. Sweet Gabby. Did you find Alexis's? Yeah. And she also has like a Buddha, like one, two. That doesn't surprise me. It is a shame because it is like a beautiful tattoo, but girl, you should not have gotten that. I know. To do that. I know. I mean, I trust her to eventually come to the conclusion of what the right thing is to do, because it seems like, in general, that's kind of who she is as a person. But right. this is also me as a stand talking. Yeah, I'm sure she'll do something about it. <laughs> All right, so then we get another scene where it's Tess getting ready to see Max. Uh, she's freaking out about what to wear, and it's just Alexis helping her get ready. Tess says she's nervous because she really likes Max, this, like, boring-ass guy in a band. I feel like the series had a lot of scenes of the girls like getting naked and getting dressed in front of each other. Yeah, they were naked a lot. And like, they did not, like the blur was just like a nipple blur. Like I could fully see the shape of the breast. This was E. This was the Playboy <laughs> Network practically back I mean, then. I was just like, how young are these people? Is everyone legal here? Because this is uncomfortable. Yeah, that was the first time I was watching the show being like, wait, ah, should I not be watching this? <laughs> So at the coffee shop, Tess tells Max she wants to talk about us. Um, <clears throat> and so she just brings up that, like, when they were in Cabo, it was impossible for her to reach him. And she's like, I wasn't sure if that was intentional or not. And I she's mean, so, like, scared to, to ask him that, too. And, like, and he's just like, what, babe? He's just like, no, why would that be? I know that two scenes ago, I was like, well, you know, this was back in the day when we didn't have unlimited texting. But still, like, I'm pretty sure if you don't text someone for three, four, however many days they were gone, it's pretty intentional. Right. Like, it sounds like he was doing his own thing. He wasn't worried about her. Like, mm -hmm. I felt like he gave her just, like, a lot of word salad. and. Yep what she wanted to hear because I think what she wants is them to be in a committed relationship and like to just be them and he was like well we have a good thing going don't we yeah. like isn't this good the way it is AKA, he said why don't we just committed. keep doing what we're doing and seeing see where it goes right oh that is such a typical guy response yeah like, I wrote down in my notes I was like men are cowards <laughs> they are <laughs> and he's like yeah sorry I wasn't trying to avoid you or anything I was just busy while you were in Cabo and then Tess is like, that's fine, we're all good, and they kiss, and bright indie pop plays over the background, it's all lovely. It just made me feel bad for Tess, because I was like, she deserves a guy that's, like, super into her, and, like, mm -hmm. will text her back, and, She's like... She's so gorgeous, like, why is she selling for Ryan Cabrera and his friend at the bowling alley, and <laughs> Max of Wicker? Well, sadly, obviously, there was a lot of demons within beautiful Tess mm -hmm. that she was dealing with. So then the next scene, we Wait, finally go, I need a new beer for this one. <laughs> okay, yes. Pause while we, while we refresh. Okay. Alrighty. All right. <clears throat> Are you ready to get into the scene? Yes. Okay. So it starts out with Gabby has the mail. 
she's like, oh, Vanity Fair is here. Apparently production had the magazine and they just like put it in the mailbox. They like read the article. They're like, oh shit. And they just put it in the mailbox for them to find. I figured it had to have been that way. Cause I was like, don't most like magazines, if you're like, I mean, I guess I don't really know, but if you're in a cover, well, not a cover story, but like, I would think like your publicist would like send you the magazine. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's not like it was, it was in the mail. The mailman did not bring it. Right. Um, but yeah, production was just like, yeah, we'll just like let them figure it out. Um, so, oh, also I noticed that in this scene, they're all wearing the same outfits that they were wearing when they were planning Gabby's birthday party earlier in the season. Oh. Alexis is wearing that same plaid shirt and Andrea has those weird like clips like in her ears. They look like they're mm-hmm. headphones. They, but they probably like, filmed that first and they, then like. I, they had to have filmed that on the same day. Like, it's just the timeline is all messed up or fucky, which is also interesting because at Gabby's birthday party, you know how they have the DJ and the DJ is like, oh, aren't you Alexis Nyers of the Bling Ring? That was all production. Like, they brought him in. Yeah, they hired Paul Oakenfield, who was, which Alexis apparently didn't even know that he was one of the members <laughs> of, like, the people the, that got robbed. I didn't even know who this man was. Oh, I've heard of him as just like oh, a DJ I've never and stuff. Heard of him and before. so, like, uh, Gabby was like, I didn't even want him at my party. They forced us to have him so we could have that moment. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, how, like, how embarrassing it was, like, how, like, anxiety producing it was. Like, it was just like they really fucked with those girls, like, yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're wearing, like, the same outfits that they were. So there's, like, some kind of timeline editing fuckery going on here. And in, in, if I cared to, I would go back and, like, watch it and be like, okay, they're wearing this episode on this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just something I noticed. So Gabby has a copy of Vanity Fair, and Alexa starts freaking out. She, like, grabs it, snatches it from her, starts to read. Oh, my God, I'm in Vanity Fair! She's, her, she's so funny the way that she says it. She's like, oh, my God, I'm in Vanity Fair! And then she starts like Gabby's clapping for her, and they're all. I know Andrea's so excited. She's like, "Oh my gosh, it's the one you girls are in! It's the one you girls are in!" Because Tess was like interviewed, or she was there too, but like I don't think she actually made it into the story. She was interviewed, I think, a little bit because oh, then this was a side thing. So Tess was always rumored to be part of the bling ring, but Mm -hmm. they could never find any real evidence against her. And apparently that caused a little bit of a rift sometimes during filming between Alexis and Tess Mm -hmm. because she felt like Tess got out, like, you know, Tess didn't get any trouble and here she is, like, she's the one in all the trouble. Yeah. So that, like, they didn't speak for a little while after the filming, but that was also, I think, due to Alexis, like, trying to stay clean and They definitely had, like, a falling out period where, because Alexis was newly sober and Tess was not, you know, in recovery yet. So I know that there was a while that they, like, didn't speak and now they're, they're close again. Yeah. Um, so they start reading. They start reading. They're all happy until they start reading batons. Um, and so, yeah, Alexis is not happy. She, uh, she and and Andrea are saying, like, it's a bunch of lies. They're trying to say that, like, you know, they, like, cut off her sentences. And she's like, I didn't say that. Like, that, she didn't make it clear when I said this. And, And it's very clear she is reading this article for the first time. Yes. Like, the production really messed with her. Like, they took this teenage girl knowing that this was going to be a bad article and knowing she's in the middle of all of this like stuff and emotions mm-hmm. and they just let it all hang out let her just do her thing 
So one of the iconic quotes that comes out of this was when Alexa says, she said, I was wearing six inch Louboutins to court with my tweed outfit. I wasn't wearing Louboutins. I was wearing little brown kitten heels, fucking bitch. <laughs> yes. It's like Andrea's getting on the phone with the lawyer, Jeff, and she's like, <laughs> understand how this could sway our case like does she have no sympathy for what's going mm -hmm. on and it's like well at the time she was like a burglar suspect so no she didn't have any sympathy for you so alexis is crying she's freaking out andrea's trying to tell her that everything's gonna be okay and she's screaming no it's not gonna be okay and she's like everyone stop touching me stop talking to me tess is like backing up tess this entire time is just like lip zipped i'm not saying anything i'm not getting in in the middle of this and I think it was that too. It's like Tess knows that like she could have gotten in trouble. So she's like, I'm just keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that I love about this, this show uh, that I really enjoyed was watching their prayer circles, watching them gather for their prayers. Um, so in this moment, Alexis is sobbing loudly and she like starts to pray. So you said you had written down what she had in the prayer. Yes. So, um, yes, she's does, like, does it include the interruption? Yes. Well, she's like, so um, nothing. What do I say? She goes full teenage meltdown. Everyone stop talking. Everyone stop touching me. And nothing like hearing someone scream with tears running down their face. Stop talking. I'm praying. <laughs> yes. So her prayer goes, if, if you all would like to pray along with us. Mm -hmm. I know I am always protected. And that karmically, my journey just gets better and better every day. I know this is a dream. And I thank you, Lord, so much for this truth. And so it is. And so it is. And then Andrea chimes in. And so it is. You fucking rock girl. <laughs> so yeah, her prayers are, her prayer is hilarious. And especially her, like, she starts the prayer and like Gabby is just like trying to run around. Like everyone's freaking out. And she's screams at Gabby to shut up and even like Andrea's like yeah Gabby try be quiet we're praying here think back to say you and I were teenagers and our friend was going through this like we just found this article we as teenagers would be like screaming crying running around like insane people <laughs> like how dramatic girls can be mm -hmm. or well really any teenagers can be mm -hmm. Oh my God. I was like, I so feel this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But then she's like, give me the phone. I have to call Nancy Joe. So this is when we get the iconic meme of her Nancy Joe. And so it starts out calm. Nancy yes. Joe, this is Alexis Nyers calling. I'm calling to let you know. And then like the voicemail cuts her off and she's like, record one message. And so then she's like, okay, restart. Nancy Joe. Wait, can I be Andrea? In <laughs> yes. Okay, you be next. I'll be Andrea. <laughs> this is Alexis Nyers calling. I'm calling to let you know how disappointed I am in your story. How horrible. You lied. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. So then she has to restart it. Nancy Joe. This is Alexis Nyers calling. I'm calling to let you know how disappointed I am in your story. There were many things I read in here that were false. Like you saying I wore six inch Louboutin heels to court with my tweed skirt when I wore- dollars on sale. Four inch little brown baby shoes. Yeah, $29 on sale. Alexis yells, every time you yell, I have to re-record it. <laughs> 
And so then finally, the full, the full voicemail, Nancy Joe, and she's like sobbing at this point. And there's been way more takes, she said, than what we've seen on the show. I don't know how many times. Like, I need the director's it. cut of every single take. 30 times, probably, she had to record this voicemail. So finally, she gets it out. Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers calling. I'm calling to let you know how disappointed I am in your story. And so there's something she says here. I couldn't quite tell. She either said, and the light you shed on me, or she said, and the way you shit on me. I think the light you shed on me. That's not something Alexis would, would say. say. Yeah. When I'm going through such a hard time in my life, I opened up to you so that the world could potentially know what a great, amazing, talented, strong, healthy girl that I am. Not even a girl, a young woman. And I am petrified, petrified with this story. I am so disappointed and I'm letting you know that I will clear this up. Have a nice life. Goodbye. Baby, that was so beautiful. You did such a good job. That's such a good job expressing yourself. The enabling is so real here. Mm -hmm. Yes, the enabling, the codependency. Um, yeah, you can definitely see like their their lack of their severe lack of boundaries in their relationship, which apparently has gotten much better. Andrea has worked yeah. on herself and her relationship a lot. But yeah, so that was the iconic voicemail. It's just so good. And honestly, though, like. She does do a pretty good job expressing herself, like, as an 18-year-old having a breakdown. Like, she does make it clear, like, I'm disappointed in you. This is why I'm disappointed. If she could have gotten that voicemail out, take one, it would have been very nice. <laughs> and I think, like, you know, saying, like, what an amazing, healthy, young woman I am. Like, I wanted to show the world. Like, that's a little bit much. That's a little bit, you know. Knowing what we know now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I think in general, like saying like, I'm disappointed in you. Like, I'm really scared for what's happening in my life right now. And like, you made me feel like this was going to be something that would be good for me. And I felt like you betrayed me. I think like her emotions are all very valid. Right. Yeah, it, totally. If you put her, yourself into her place at that time, it's all makes sense, you know, and it's, it's just, it, in some parts, it was her fault because she put herself into different places and with people she shouldn't have. But in other times, it wasn't her fault because it's like everyone's telling her, oh, we'll do this article. This is good for you. Mm -hmm. Like, just be yourself. Like, it'll be fine. So she was kind of like fooled into doing it. Now, I don't think it was Nancy Joe's fault that she was fooled into doing it. Nancy Joe is just doing her job as a reporter for Vanity Fair. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it was more production new with you know, that yeah. it would kind of cause something. Um, so then the next day they go to Jeff, the lawyer's office, and Alexis is basically just saying, like, the world thinks I'm a bad person. So she she says something about, like, I want to go talk to middle school and high school kids to, like, you know, like, let them know how tough this situation has been. So she does say this here. Where she's like, you know, they're at an age where they're maturing and they're choosing friends. And obviously, since my choice of friends led me to this situation, this is an important thing to do. And this is my way to give back. So this has like kind of been her like her her narrative the whole time is like, wow, I really fell in with a bad crowd that like forced me to do this and not like I made these choices of my own volition. Yeah, I think you could go, she would have done a lot better if she went like the peer pressure route, mm -hmm. which probably people would have understood. And I think, um, and it was though, those were the kids that she was hanging out with. It's kind of interesting. It's all from this like Indian Hills group, like the mm -hmm. several kids that all got together and got involved with this. 
And they really told on themselves because that was part of the reason that they got caught was because they were bragging about it yeah. and, like at parties. And that's how Alexis found out they were doing it. And she was like, well, I want to go. Like, <laughs> And other kids too being like, I want to go. That sounds mm-hmm. cool. And you can kind of almost see if you're some rich kid bored with no, you probably don't get many consequences, if any. Mm-hmm. being like oh you guys are getting away with it I'm bored sure I'll go mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want to do something cool like that yeah but it's like not like these kids like kidnapped Alexis and put her in a car oh. and it was like no 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 Alexis know, made for like, she's just like you know oh yeah you, it's so important to choose the right groups of friends it's like yeah but even if your friends are doing something that's like wrong you can also make the right choice for yourself yeah um, I thought it was interesting. The last person to get arrested was Rachel Lee, who was the first person mm-hmm. to really get it all started. And they said that when she was getting arrested, they went to her house in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Nick had already confessed. So she got rid of everything that she had. But when they were looking through, they ended up finding something. And they said, like, she went from being cool, calm, collected to, like, bursting into tears. And, like, completely, like, inconsolable. Um, And what was interesting is when they were talking to her, because she was the one that was obsessed with celebrities. Mm -hmm. And, like, that was really her main motivation. She was just obsessed with celebs. She wanted their clothes. She wanted to be like them. So they said, like, well, we've been doing interviews with all the victims. And she's like, yeah, I remember this part. Oh, she's like, really? What did Lindsay say? (laughs) Not even, like, scared. Like, oh, my God, cool. She knows me. Like, what'd she say about me? She said you stole her shit, bitch. She said she wants her watch back. Yeah. So I don't know. I think she might have even – I actually was trying to look to see what happened to her now. I think she might have – like maybe even changed her name or something mm-hmm. um nick prugo i know kept getting into trouble with like drugs like he also had a really bad drug addiction really all of them did that were in this like group mm-hmm. together but um luckily our girls alexis and tess were able to come out the other side yeah oh uh, so oh we get a scene here where we're at gabby's first day on the job Oh, I forgot about this. Yes. So she's very excited. She thinks this is going to be something that she's good at. And then she gets to go learn dog grooming. So she's with Huber, the dog groomer, and he teaches her how to wash the dog. That's fine. You can wash a dog. She's like, oh, I wash my dog at home. That's fine. Um, And he's like, okay, now we're done with this. I'm going to teach you something you're not going to like, but it needs to be done. Uh, And so he teaches her how to express the dog's anal glands. I feel like this is a reality show trope, the weirdest of them all. <laughs> I feel like every yes. once in a while there's a reality show where someone has to go wash their dog or like go to get a job at a dog place. Like, I yeah, th- or you're on a farm and you have to inseminate a horse. I think they did this on Beverly Hills because you know how Lisa Vanderpump like has all the dogs and stuff. I've like, only I- seen the first two seasons, but oh well, she gets Vander Vanderpump dogs or Vanderpump dogs. She gets her own, um, which is a whole that it's the <laughs> I, I've heard. Of the end I've of heard a puppy gate. <laughs> yes, 
And so I believe she like takes Kyle there and like tries to get Kyle to do it. <laughs> this is yeah, it's like a it's like a reality show thing. It's like what can we make people do that's gross? Okay, yeah. let's play with the dog's anal glands. Um, so yeah, Huber shows her how to do this. Gabby's like about to cry, which I cannot blame her. Mm. Um, and you know, she's such she has such a good attitude because she, at the end she's like, wow, you know, you just learn something new every day. She really is so cute. She was too pure for this know, show, that's for sure. Um, so then we get another scene. Andrea's dropping Alexis off to go talk to at-risk teens, which the the lawyer has set up. So it's weird because the age range, it looks like these kids are from like the age of like 11 to about maybe like 16, and there's all boys with one girl. Well, I think she said she wanted to get to them young as they're making like friends that will like yeah, but I feel like there's a difference between an 11-year-old and a 16-year-old. Oh, for sure. I'm assuming this was some after-school group. Yeah, I don't know. I just noticed that it was like some, it seemed like there was like a weirdly kind of mixed bag of ages in there. Yeah. And I'm like, you're talking to like the 16-year-old, they're probably going to think that shit's cool that you robbed a celebrity's house. <laughs> like, you, know, you gotta take a different I know, she, yeah, she's like, who's heard of the bling ring? And like, everyone's like, raised their hand. I was like, of course they have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's, and then she even says like, you know, well, I knew the people that did those burglaries and we were, we thought that we were friends, but then they put me in a bad situation. And again, it's all very like, I made a bad choice in my friend group, but I didn't do anything wrong, like with the actual like act itself. Um, and so then she's like, I don't know, she kind of like tries to scare them straight. She says that she woke up one morning at eight o'clock in the morning with SWAT teams and dogs and cars surrounding her house. And she says she's looking at a jail sentence for burglary for two, four, or six years. And I'm just like, why is it in increments of two? <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe depending on what they could get her with, like yeah. depending on it's each just, person. It's just funny because it's like two, four, or six years, but it's not going to be three years. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's only a month in the end of it. <laughs> I know, so. right? Um, so basically she just says like, don't get involved with the wrong people, stay in school, stay focused on your dreams, learn from my experience, that kind of thing, which and I do- was genuine. I do commend her. We know now, I found this all talk, like, genuine. I felt like this is something yeah. she actually did want to do. Like, I do, yeah, genuinely do commend her for that. I do think that, you know, maybe it was set up by production, maybe it was, oh. like, her lawyer pushed it as, like, a good idea, but I- if she didn't want to do it, she wouldn't have done it. So I think, like, she definitely did want to. But again, she took, like, no accountability for her actual actions. Yeah. Which, and again, like, I have such a complicated relationship to this because it's like, I don't really have a problem with robbing celebrities. <laughs> like, I don't really care that you stole a bunch of stuff from a celebrity. But also, like, if you are going to, like, move forward as if, like, you know, this was something wrong, then you should also take accountability for that. So what's, what will she, so will we, in the, the, the world of what's worse, the college admission scandal or, like, robbing the bling ring. Oh, the college admission scandal is worse. Right, because, because the, they the bling like, ring, they're just taking from celebrities. Celebrities were taking from technically, you know, less advanced. Normal, yeah, people, yeah. Just, like, average, everyday people. Like, there's only so many spots in a college that exist. And 
And yet Felicity Huffman also got like a SWAT team coming for her <laughs> <laughs> the day they arrested her. Oh my gosh. And I mean, and now there's like Lori Lachlan gets to go to like the jail that's close to her house that has like painting and ceramics and all of the, it sounds like it's a damn resort. It did too. Yeah. But then it's true. It's like, well, that, that's a whole other conversation. It's like, what, what do types of jails should these people be going to? Should everyone go to the same jail? Should that's like a whole should other Should we even have jails? Should we have prisons? Is that really restorative justice? I know. See, it's like a very, <laughs> you can just go, you, that's, this is a whole other conversation. We should, we do, I know. Um, scared straight. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. This is like a whole other like socialist conversation. I can't get too leftist on, on the main, but it's just like a celebrity, like it didn't hurt Paris or Orlando in like the long run that they were burgled by the bling ring kids. Right. It's one of those things though, like it's still wrong. You still it's can't just go around doing wrong. whatever you want. Technically, yes, that's wrong. Because I wouldn't want anyone to steal from like someone who's not a celebrity. Because then, because actually that's technically how it started was this girl, they were doing um, like fellow classmates if they knew their classmates were like yeah, away. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm sure they still had money and whatnot too, but it's like, um, yeah, I know. It's like a sliding, you know, it's a slippery slope. If I say it's okay to rob a celebrity's house, then like yeah. next thing you know, it's okay to rob a rich person's house. And then it's okay to rob an up a wealthy person's house. And then finally you can just purge anyone. So like, <laughs> I recognize that I'm like, I'm setting, us on a, I'm setting us on a really slippery slope, but I also think like morally what they did technically is wrong, but like a, with the people involved, it's not that wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just like, you have to think about it in the terms of like, what would they have like gone on to continue to do? Like, I don't think Alexis would have like gone on to continue more like this girl, Rachel. Like, yeah, I mean, this has gone on. He's like, yeah, she's a true scammer. She was yeah, like so going to be I mean. an Anna Delvey in a few years, probably. That's exactly who I said. <laughs> I was going to say she was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what she would have done. 100%. Mm -hmm. Honestly, she should have just started with the Anna Delvey route. I know she's, probably smart enough to do it <laughs> um all right so we finally get like the last scene of the episode it's like the entire family including jerry the like hidden stepfather go out for dinner and gabby says something where she's like i'm taking the family out like it's nice to be able to celebrate my first paycheck and i'm like i really hope that she didn't pay for everyone's meal she's 15 how much could you have made at the dog like <laughs> the dog groomer in your first two weeks that you're like getting pizza for six I know. I was going to say in an app. <laughs> um, so then Tess asks her if she's like learned anything and she starts to tell them about the anal glands, which is just lovely dinner conversation. But then I do love this where Alexis turns to Tess and she's like, yeah, you should try that on Max. <laughs> <laughs> she probably did. I bet she's like a little freaky like that. Um, Andrea asks how things are going with Max and she's like, you know, I really like the kid, but I'm not going to put a label on anything. I'm just going to let God take its course and see what happens. But I'm like, but that's because he said that he didn't want to put a label on things. Exactly. This isn't necessarily your decision. <laughs> so Alexa says, well, I'm going to cheers to taking control of my own image. And Tess is like, yeah, and I'm taking control of things too. And Gabby's taking control of her money and getting a job. So they all cheers. And Andrea says, and so it is, of course, to end the episode. And so it is. And so it is. We made it through the episode. <laughs> Whenever I hear so it is, I think of like mean girls, like stop trying to make fetch happen. 
Because they really tried to make so it is. Oh, and so it is, is a thing. Even now, that's how Alexis ends all of her podcast episodes. I will, that I like for her. I mean, like, that's, it's their brand now. So, like, I appreciate that. For them, that's their brand. All right. So, where are they now? So, I wanted to start with Andrea. So, she got divorced from Jerry, I think, like, within a year or two after Pretty Wild aired. Um, And she had, like, she kind of, like, had to have a come to Jesus realization, like, that, she was an incredibly like codependent parent and an enabler and she was controlling. And I think Alexis was saying like, once she got sober, like Andrea kind of realized like, I have no one left to control. Like my daughters aren't, you know, doing these drugs anymore. My husband well, That's has what actually me. about how she got sober. I actually thought that was really interesting how Alexis said that it was a new level of control her mom was trying to have over mm-hmm. her and like control her, her sobriety. And she actually had to kind of stay take a step back from her mom being like, like, you got to let me live and like do this on my own and try Mm -hmm. this on myself. Yeah. So, and then I think that was like Andrea's realization of like, oh my gosh, I have to like change how I have these relationships with my daughters or else I'm going to lose them. Yeah. Um, So she ended up becoming a certified life coach who specializes in family recovery and relationships. She's founded Families United for Recovery, uh, but she still believes in affirmations and vision boards and the law of attraction. That's the injury we love. Exactly. Affirmations and vision boards. Um, So then Gabby, uh, Gabby got married in 2018 and she's really private. She has like an Instagram, but she doesn't post on it a lot. Um, And so Andrea actually revealed in March of this year that Gabby is expecting her first child, a boy. Um, so good for her. She's currently pregnant. Like the last picture she posted on Instagram was like a belly picture of her, like out at the pool or something. Awesome. And she had said that she did like a little bit of partying, but she never went to the level that her sisters Mm -hmm. did. Yeah. I think so. She would like drink and smoke pot probably, but. But she also, um, was in an abusive relationship when she was She had to like work her way through that too. So like she had her own demons and something else that she was able to overcome, which Mm -hmm. I guess that's like something really to be said about this family. You watch the show thinking they're very flighty, Mm -hmm. very vapid, have all these opinions about them that are mainly negative. And then here they are, four women that have overcome so much and have really grown. They're super resilient, yeah. Um, so then Tess, so Tess was arrested for felony drug possession back in January, 2012. Uh, she entered her, uh, she entered rehab for heroin addiction the following month. So that was kind of like Alexis, I think got sober in 2010, like 20. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll talk about her whole story in like a second when we get to her, where are they now? Um, but I think she was like sober by 2010. And so she had said like, that was something that she really struggled with because she wanted Tess, like they almost like wanted to force her into rehab. And it was actually one of her friends I think like it was a friend of her husband she met her husband in rehab um and so he had like you know her husband is older than her so his friends are older and they kind of like had to like tell her you know this isn't how it works with someone when they're not ready to get clean and you have to just like give her her own time and I she really credits that for like saving her relationship with Tess because you know it took her like stepping back for Tess to finally realize that she was ready to like get clean of her own accord so she's been sober since 2012 um, she currently lives in the middle of nowhere in Miss Wisconsin. She doesn't have an Instagram. She has a daughter named River. She's she in a relationship. Instagram. Oh, she does? I didn't see her on Instagram. She's very, um, I'll send it to you. She's very rare, like, like rarely posts. She's been posting a little bit more often. I think it's, um, hold on. I think it's 
Tessa. Tessa M B E R R R. Uh-huh. Oh. Sixty something thousand dollars. Oh, that's her. Okay, I'm gonna request to follow her. See if I can get in on that. Yeah, because I know that um, when Alexis like uh, posted the Sisters Day picture on her Instagram, she like tagged Gabby's, but she didn't tag Tess. So I was like, oh, Tess must not have an Instagram. Oh yeah, maybe she's just private. But yeah, Tess is still beautiful. She's a mom. She has two little babies. Aw, and yeah, she's like living out on a farm in Wisconsin. So sweet. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's so beautiful. So yeah, she's living a very, very quiet life compared. Which I love that for her. I know. I'm so happy that they have found their peace. All right. So Alexis, should we go through everything that Alexis has been up to since? Sure. Pretty wild. So she pled no contest to her charge of burglary in May 2010. She was ultimately sentenced to that six-month jail sentence. It was a two-year suspended sentence and then a three-year probation. So if she were to violate probation, she would have two years in jail. Um, She began her sentence in June of 2010, served 30 days in jail before she was released. And then in December 2010, she was arrested again for possession of black tar heroin after she violated her parole by failing to show up for her probation. Um, and so she was saying in her one of her podcast episodes that basically she just begged the judge. She's like, I need to go to rehab. I need to go get treatment. If I go to jail, like I, I'm not going to get any better. So she was sentenced to a year of rehab and she has been clean ever since then. You know who she, like, um, cites as, like, one of her mentors? Um, mm-hmm. Bob Forrest from uh, Celebrity Rehab Doctor. Yeah. I love Bob Forrest. Yes. So I don't know anything about Bob Forrest, but I listened to a podcast episode that he did with her. Um, and so I, I thought that was really interesting. So he was the one that I was saying earlier where uh, he gave her the advice about, like, your mom needs to, like, basically back off or, like, she's not going to. You know, like, it was, like, he gave her advice on Tess, he gave her advice on her mom, like, he really was, like, a lot of, like, helping her kind of salvage these relationships. I feel like on, um, on that, on Dr., like, Celeb Rehab with Dr. Drew, he was the one, like, would have a lot of FaceTime, um, like, Dr. Drew would run the groups and stuff like that, but I feel like Bob would have, like, a lot of one-on-one time with, um, the different people who were on that show, Mm -hmm. and I felt like a lot of people, he was just really people loved him. Like he, they, like he was just one of those guys people really like to talk to and people mm-hmm. always had a lot of respect for. So it's like, whenever I hear about, I was like, Oh, good old Bob. He was like, you know, <laughs> so many people. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Cause when I was listening to that, I, they had said that he had started the celebrity rehab, um, which I don't, I'd never watched celebrity rehab. So I don't know anything about it. I don't know if it's like actually like quality Riley, if you ever, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I actually don't think it is. But if you ever, it's one of the greatest reality shows. I'll get to it. It's it's on the list for sure. I mean, there's oh. so much to go into with all of it. The, you got to have me come back for at least one season because <laughs> you could do a different episode for every season. Yeah, there's That's so much. I mean, because there was, yeah. wasn't Danny Bonaducci on Celebrity Rehab? Because I know I watched, I watched a little bit of Breaking Bonaducci when that was on. Was Danny Bonaducci? I feel he like probably he was. was. At some point, he surely needed it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember um, Daniel Baldwin was on it, Jeff Conway was on it, Bai Ling, Gary Busey was on it, oh and the best God. part with Gary Busey is somehow he convinced himself that 
he wasn't going to be on the show as like a patient. He was a mentor. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, he would show up and be like, okay, bye. And they're like, no, Gary, you can't leave. He's like, no, no, no. I'm just a mentor. I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I need to watch it. That's oh, it's so good. Oh my, it's just the most drama. The most drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but it's like, it's drama. So it's like, is it really actually good rehab that's helping people if they have this whole like reality show component? I am not a qualified person to make that yeah. decision. Yeah. I mean, that's just like something that I always think of like whenever I see like, you know, someone going to the therapist on their reality show or someone going to rehab on their reality show. I'm like, you know, any, any medical. I would get you to allow that. My, not just that, you know, my other friend, Jess, if you ever do, cause she would be an excellent resource mm. for uh, a season about. Yeah, I don't know. That's just something that always like I I wonder. So when I heard on her podcast episode that like Bob had was part of celebrity rehab, I was like, oh, is this guy legit? But it definitely seemed like he had like a lot of really good wisdom to share. He did say one thing about like the millennial generation, which was like cautious, but like whatever. Like he's a boomer or Gen Xer. (laughs) But the the impression I got is he always was. Everybody always had a lot of respect for Bob Mm -hmm. and like for what his advice and what he had to say. Um, so Alexis uh, did some writing for Vice, some reporting for Vice uh, after she got clean. Um, she also is now a certified substance abuse counselor. I believe she's also a certified doula. Um, she's really passionate about like that sort of thing. Wait, what's a doula? Is a doula that- is a, there. well, there are lots of different types of doulas actually, but the most common doula that uh, if someone were to just say doula is kind of a person who acts as a pregnant woman's, pregnant person's like advocate. Um, so they can do some kind of like midwifery type of actions in the sense that they can sort of like help prepare you for the birth and like while you're giving birth, like helping like you work through that, but they're not like a medical for her. I love that for her. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I'm like super into just like doulish in general, because they also have um, not only birth doulas, they have miscarriage doulas, abortion doulas. They also have death doulas. So like if you're a person who like is in hospice, you can have like, it's kind of just a person who like isn't your advocate as you work through a life transition. Wow. Oh, wow. I love that for her. See, (laughs) that's what I mean. Like, I think she really, when she talks about I want to like give back. I want to show people like the type of person I am. Like, I felt like that always did ring true. She just had this cloud of addiction Mm -hmm. and her own demons to kind of break through to get to that point to help other people. For sure. You know. Yeah. So she is part of the Aloe House uh, treatment facility. Um, So that's uh, what her husband co-founded along with like Bob um, and I think a few others. Um, So with that is a rehab facility that I don't, I think it's like their whole thing is it's not tied to a specific dogma, like how Alcoholics Anonymous has like a very specific program that you have to work that doesn't necessarily work for everyone. Like the people that it works for, obviously it changes their lives, but if it doesn't work for you, then like it's not going to get you out of like addiction. Um, so they have like this other whole, I don't know too much about it, but you know, something that's, I guess, more of a, like a holistic approach that's for everyone. Um, she released a memoir called Recovering from Reality. And she of course has a podcast of the same name that I've been referencing this entire time. Um, she married Evan Haynes in 2012. She met him at Alcoholics Anonymous and they have two children together, Harper and Dakota. Um, and I also thought that was kind of funny on her Z-Way interview. She dropped a little bit more, uh, information on her little brown BB heels. She said that she sold them on Depop. I wonder how much she sold them for. I know. She said it wasn't even for that much. Probably $29 (laughs) on sale. (laughs) 
See, this is where there needs to be a museum. A tr- I'm sure there is somewhere a museum of pop culture, but yes. there needs to be like a true, truly museum of pop culture that can grab all these things, mm-hmm. like the BB heels, Nancy Joe's tapes, <laughs> so <laughs> like, much. all this stuff, and like put them on display, like. Like when um, BravoCon, they almost did like a mini BravoCon mm-hmm. museum, like of all the pop culture references throughout yeah. the different Bravo shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Oh, and so, okay, I do want to like make sure. So I've been unabashedly sh- standing for Alexis this entire time. Let me just give you the full view of her so that I'm not going to be accused of being like, you know, just like a stan with like, no, I, I can't take any critique on my fave. She has said a couple of things that are problematic. So we talked about the like Native American thing. So she, people call her anti-vax. I think she has a view that's a little bit more nuanced than that. She seems to be pro like delayed or like partial vaccination. I, she said it's because her first daughter had a reaction to the vaccine and she, but she doesn't want to like blast her child's medical history on her Instagram, just like defend herself or prove a point. Mm -hmm. So I don't love not vaccinating your children, but if it's truly like coming from a place of like my child had a reaction and like, then I had a second child. So I like want to be careful about vaccinating that one. I can understand. Uh, I I can give that as being fair because who knows what the reaction was. Like, you (laughs) know, it could have been really scary. Like my sister has two little boys and like one of them had, um, you know, like a a typical allergic reaction and it was terrifying for Mm -hmm. them. So like who are you when it's that sort of thing where it actually comes from a place of personal knowledge being like my child had this reaction from this then you kind of have to leave I feel like you it's okay to leave them alone unless if it's the one thing when you're like no one should be vaccinated and I have no reason. <laughs> That's very much not her platform. And it doesn't seem like she's using her platform to like talk about this a lot. It's more mm-hmm. so maybe like when it comes up in conversation about just like her life as a mother or like her family and the choices that she makes for her family. That's where she like brings it up and not just like, this is my like view and I'm using my platform. And she's definitely not like anti-vax, like vaccinations cause autism or any of that like really problematic rhetoric. Right. Um, so that's good at least. Um, she's pro-masking. I like her Instagram story the other day was about like wear a mask. So at least she does believe in like science in that regard. So is Tess. Tess also <laughs> has pro-mask stuff Very on good. Hers. Very good. Um, the other thing that she said, and this I think was on the, uh, podcast episode, something that I noticed that I was like, I don't love this either. Um, she had said when she was having a conversation with her mom at some point, you know, cause Andrea smoked a lot of pot and, you know, like was on various antidepressants her whole life. And so, um, Alexis said something like, if mom, don't you think if I can get off heroin, you can get off like weed and antidepressants? And it's like, does she need to get off antidepressants or does she need to take her medicine? So I read that too. And I also was kind of like interesting comment. Um, my one, I wondered if she was masking antidepressant with something more, um, stronger like a valium Mm -hmm. like something that really can make you like slurry like like for example actually I haven't I have anxiety issues and I haven't been on anything for the last three years but just with pandemic and everything going crazy I've just realized I've been having like the last couple weeks like almost daily panic attacks I was like I can't live this way anymore like Mm -hmm. I have to like go to the doctor and so 
like one of my like things is clonopin, which like I have to be like very careful when I take it. And I was actually happy because she was like, gave me like a smaller dosage. And I was like, perfect. I was like, because they, they're really strong and they, it can really, if you take too many, it's, you can be slurry, like forgetful, Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of stuff. So I almost wondered if that was kind of code for something else possibly. And she seems so reasonable about most everything else that I'm like, maybe this, like, I, you know, I don't know exactly what her mom's medical history or background is with these medications. It's just something where it's like, if you say like a one-off thing like that and people don't know the full context of like history, it can come off as like, is the goal to get off antidepressants in general? Because that maybe isn't the case or what's right. For no, I agree. Time. I also, when I saw, read that, I was like, huh? And then I was like, okay, maybe she just mean, maybe she was kind of using a code word there yeah. for something else. Yeah. So yeah, that's something that I just was like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to come off as like, you know, Alexis can do no wrong. Cause I definitely think that she obviously still has some problematic views or she can mm-hmm. say some things that maybe don't come off as, as well as what she intends. But for the most part, I just have been really struck by like how, like compassionate, empathetic, mature, you know, humble she is as a person. I really enjoy listening to her podcast. I'll say it. I was not expecting her to turn out this way. I, I thought she was going to be a hot mess <laughs> for the rest of her life. So I'm very impressed. I think it's, it's like I said, with the whole family, I think it's a really great example of a family that's gone through a lot of trauma mm-hmm. in the many different ways. You have sexual abuse, addiction, jail, you know, uh, media pressure, so many different things Mm -hmm. that even if a family goes through one of them, it can break them. And I think it's kind of, it's so commendable that all four of them have been able to come out on the other side, be honest about like what they've been through and try to help other people too. Yeah. And I mean, just like the way that they are so able to like humanize themselves and and present themselves as these fully rounded people who have gone through these experiences. It really did like have me thinking about like, well, dang, how do I view the rest of these reality TV show characters? Like these are all real humans who have thoughts and feelings and emotions. And, you know, it's like, we can't get too deep into the ethics of reality TV in general, or else we can never enjoy it. But it's just like, (laughs) something that like, I was like, I appreciate like Alexis making me think a little bit deeper about the way that I talk about these people or the way that I think about these people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, however we would have talked about her in 2009 (laughs) would have been fair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I think it would have been fair. If we were still talking about her that way this year, that would not have been fair Mm -hmm. of us to be like, oh, she's just some burglar and she's a drug addict, which, you know, she's obviously has become so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Her whole family. Well, do you have anything, any other thoughts on the Arlington Nyers Taylor clan. I'm just really happy that they came out on the other side. I, I you know, they really, there should be more attention put on this. I feel I like. Oh, I feel like, yeah. Um, I actually, I messaged Alexis. She hasn't responded to my DM because she probably oh. doesn't. Re- I didn't say like, oh, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I actually told her that she should interview Courtney Stodden on her podcast. I think that she would do an amazing job telling Courtney Stodden's story. I love Courtney Stodden so I much. I do too. <laughs> Courtney Stodden is another person where it's like, I kind of have to stand you. Although I think your views are at times can maybe be a little bit problematic. You've gone through so much and you've come out so 
strong on the other side. I like really appreciate that. So I feel like Alexis could really like empathize and be a safe person for Courtney to like tell her story to. Yeah, she's some, Courtney Slotin is someone who is not, again, another person who isn't what you expect them to be. Mm -hmm. Once you actually listen to them in an interview, they are a completely different person. Like, Mm -hmm. and this is like a dumb example, but like for me, so I listened to her on a podcast and like, you know, she was like on her Instagram, whatever, like obviously like likes Marilyn Monroe and I'm the biggest Marilyn (laughs) Monroe fan, huge. So I was ready to like, like oh this bitch she's not gonna know anything she's not gonna see any movie or anything and she starts talking about Marilyn Monroe and I'm like yeah that's right yeah that's right yeah that's right I was like holy shit like she actually knows stuff she read books she knows things I was like oh my god I was like and it just goes to show you you can't just judge a book by its cover you can't like assume assume people are a certain way you have to give them a chance you gotta have actually hear them speak you know, hear interviews and give them a chance. So yeah, and I, I mean, that's a good lesson for all of the people involved in this. I think there's so much to be said and so much that they could talk about and like unpack about the way that our society treats young, beautiful women and mm-hmm. the way that we refuse to like acknowledge their brain power, like their thoughts and their emotions deeper than just like, you know, this shallow view of them because they are so beautiful. Like Alexis is gorgeous. Alexis was gorgeous back in 2009. Tess, obviously gorgeous. Courtney Stodden, beautiful you know, like classic blonde bombshell looks back in, you know, 2009, 2010, when all of this was happening. So yeah, it's just like something that, you, or I guess Courtney's well, been happening since, because that's what happened when Marilyn was around. Yeah. If you research to Marilyn, she was friends with lots of different um, artists, um, people like Truman Capote. And it's like, Arthur, she married Arthur Miller. They would not suffer any fools. Mm-hmm. Like she was not an idiot. <laughs> like they wouldn't have kept her around if she didn't have anything to say or wasn't introspective or any intelligence and Mm -hmm. it's just what society has been doing to women and like I guess can't even just say women I'm sure a lot of men it's happened to too where you just see them as a sexual object and you don't really care about whatever they have to say yeah I just feel like yeah Alexis could tell that story or could could do that interview really well. I would love to hear an interview between the two of them. That was a good, maybe, maybe I'll message her. So she's like, oh, well, all these people have been messaging Lots me. Lots of requests. I know. I'm about to message Courtney and be like, you should ask Alexis Nyers to go on her podcast. Oh my God. I want Courtney Stein to come on my podcast. Oh my God. I'd love it. Reach out. Yeah. My dream is to somehow figure out a way to do an old classic Hollywood podcast, but I haven't figured out a way to uh, like what a niche would be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, whenever you are ready to launch it, I will be ready to subscribe. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Well, um, I do a podcast with my best friend, Jessica. It's called I Totally Paused. We go over the most iconic moments in teen pop culture from the 90s and the early 2000s. We just did a, we do anything from obviously Clueless, that thing you do, Mean Girls, we just did a whole thing about heartthrobs and it girls, and we have a new one coming out soon, and we're going to do all music-based movies. So it's going to be either movies that, like Empire Records, like takes place at a movie store, or something like Moulin Rouge, where it's like <laughs> a musical. So 
Maybe you'll be hearing Riley on that sometime <laughs> soon. So um, I think Jessica and I, the first one we are planning to do is Poetic Justice, which neither of us have seen. Ooh, I, I don't know that one either. Well, so Poetic Justice had, I remember my sister having the soundtrack. I think like Janet Jackson's in it. It's nice. the first, uh, I think it's the first time we hear Usher on an album, I believe. Oh. Which is one of the reasons we wanted to pick it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about Usher. Of course. So um, talk about an early two thousands heartthrob. Yep. So you can find us basically we're on wherever you find podcasts. Um, we're at Totally Pause Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at S I O M O N R O E Sio Monroe on Instagram. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was lovely having you on the podcast once again. I know that you and Jess were on here. Um, what did we do when we had you last time? It was, uh, oh wait, or you came for cribs. I was did cribs. We did Anna Nicole show, didn't we? Yes, we did. And it was the best. Yes. Oh my so God. Go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. And then I should have Jess on sometime to do her individual episode too. So we can have like the full series. You should look into that sorority life TV show. I was telling yes, you. Yes, we can talk about sororities. And because Jessica was in one and Jessica's Jewish. So it's the perfect, perfect like, kismet. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, just let her know that we've decided this. <laughs> okay. I'll let her know. <laughs> awesome. And then you can follow me on Facebook. I'm at Snapback to Reality Podcast. Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. My personal is at really underscore Riley. Uh, thank you so much for being on the episode again, Siobhan. I really, really love this conversation. This is so much fun. Me too. And so it is. And so it is. <laughs> Bye. Bye.